Okay. Hilchus Ishus, Perik Yud Zayin, Halacha Aleph. Someone who married multiple wives, he had several wives, a mace, and he passes away. Because now he has several ksubas to pay up, right? Whoever got married first, their ksuba is like as if it was a halva, which happened originally, and they have the first rights to get uh, be paid back. And each one of them, of course, has to make a shvu, as any almana does when he comes to take from... And the one who comes later only is entitled to whatever property was been left over by the one before her when they got paid for their ksuba. So the, the wife he married first takes property A because it's worth, or, or whatever area is worth the value for ksuba. And then whatever's left over is entitled for the wife, the next wife after that, uh, 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 and nothing else. You know, she can't demand, I want the piece of property you took. The gam, he and tells hashara. And then again, the, the, the later wife who got married second or third in order makes a shvu and takes whatever's left. Similarly, if a person passes away and he has debts, right? He owed money to people. If the debt preceded the marriage, the Baal Chayv has first rights. So he borrows money in Tavshin Pei, he gets married in Tavshin Pei Aleph, the guy he borrowed in Tavshin Pei has first rights because his Havasta happened first. If Hakshuba happens first, but he got married and paid off and borrowed and paid base, first the woman collects, then whatever is remains is for the Baal And the point is, of course, what if it's not enough property? If it's not enough, it's not enough to pay up all the debts, whoever borrowed first has first rights. If there's enough, it's not a big deal. It's a question of who comes gets paid first, but ultimately everyone gets the money. If there's not enough money, the people who, who, are, who are owed first, the debt happens first, in other words, they got married first, or the husband borrowed first, they collect, and if it's not enough, the people who came later have to wait their turn, they have to, you know, try to get from something he sold to or something else like that. Base. This is all applies to the property that he had at the time he got married, and he's mechayev himself in the ksuba, or he borrowed. Because the halacha makes sense to say, whoever came first in the shtar is zoicha. So he has a piece of property, and then while he has that property, he gets married, then he borrows, he gets married again. So everybody has rights to this property, but they have rights only in order. If he married several women, one after the other, and he borrowed money along the way, and he borrowed money before he got married, after he got married, if after all this happened, he bought property, in that case, everyone's entitled to it equally, because the shots he bought it, he already owed all these people, so everyone has equal stakes in it. Because the shibut happened simultaneously, everyone together. When he bought it, was with everybody, which means if he borrows from five people, then he buys a piece of property. He bought some five more people. So that means that the first five people are equally entitled to the property. And then the last five people, it's one after the other. And the same, the same, same would apply to, to marriage. Gimel. If he got married one after the other, or he bought money one after the other, but it was all the same date. Or and if the place where the meeting is right the hour, what time of day, it, all, it says 12 o'clock noon and all the stars. That's the local minimum to write the hours. There's no din kadima because again, he obviously borrowed or got married one after the other. He can't get married simultaneously to five people, but it was all the same day. But Mela, we don't know who came first, and therefore, again, unless there's witnesses who tie din kadima, the khair the din is, uh, we don't look at the witnesses. The fact is, it all happened the same day, and the shtar says this day, everyone has equal rights. And therefore, uh, uh, always, whoever comes, now, even though there's this hierarchy of order over here, whoever comes, that's as far as karka goes. And metaltlin uh, as well, but whoever comes, and when it comes to metaltlin, whoever comes and, and takes it, like for example, the woman, uh, the Baal Chayv owns the cleaners, 
The guy before he passed away gave his coat to the cleaners. Now I have this expensive coat in my cleaners. So I'm keeping it. I want to say, I'm, I'm, even though I came third, but I have it. I'm keeping it for, for the part I'm, the, that you owe me. I'm not going to give it back to the guy who borrowed before me. So in that case, since he already has it, he already has it in, uh, for his chayv or, or, or for the ksuba. Okay, the ksuba, you don't, you, don't, you don't take it away from them. She ain't the kadima metalton. Oh, when it comes to metalton, there's no din kadima. So, but metalton, the whole concept of who has, who has first rights only applies to karka. When it comes to metalton, there's no din kadima. So therefore, it sounds like though it's only the kadima, you're not supposed to grab the property. But if they do take it, it they, they, get, they get to keep it. All right. So instead of waiting for the, waiting for the, the basin to divide the estate, someone just came and took the, the metalton. They get to keep it, even though they're not first in line. Okay, Dalit. Someone divorces his wife and also he also, now he owes her ksub and he also, he also owes money for borrowing. The women are coming, they want, they want their money. He has money and he has karka. And the two together, let's say, let's say it's 200 zuz for the ksuba, 200 zuz for the halva. He has karka with 200 zuz, he has cash, cash 200 zuz. The Baal takes the money, that's what he gave him. The woman takes her ksuba from the karka because the assumption is the woman is, assumes that that's the, that, that's the most safest way to get paid back. So that's in her mind what she's expecting. I thought, that, I mean, that, that's Bechol's explanation, it seems, in the Gemara. Another part might, might be the fact that cash is a better thing to have than karka. Or, in other words, people will prefer money. Karka is second best. <laughs> so, B'darachlau. So therefore, he laid money out. He gets to, he, he deserves the money paid back. She didn't lay money, any money out. So therefore, she's uh, gets second fiddle, so to speak. If he only has karka and only able to pay back one of the two, so he has karka with two hundred zuz, he has to pay the ksuba or the halva. He can't do both. And he bought the karka after he borrowed and got married, so they both have equal rights to it. Give the karka to the balchayv. Initially, if there's anything remaining for the woman after he gets paid up, she gets to take that. If not, she's displaced for the balchayv. She has balchayv. Oh, if she the mitzi meisah, the balchayv and the woman are both equally owed, but he lost money on the deal. He gave money. He gave the person hava. She's more entitled than she is to get repaid. She doesn't. She didn't lose anything. Ah, she gave herself in marriage. She is more interested in getting married than the man. Therefore, that's not considered like losing something, so to speak. So therefore, the balchayv, uh, the lender, is more entitled to whatever is over here more than the woman. Hey. A person who passed, that's better about someone who gets divorced. What if he passes away and he leaves a wife and a balchayv and the property that is not, not sufficient to pay back both debts? Again, the woman is displaced before the balchayv, who gave a chayv and the balchayv gets to collect his chayv first. Why would you think it's different than a grusha versus someone who passes away? And the Ram has to make a separate halach out of it and tell us it applies to a widow and a grusha equally. I'm not totally sure. All right. Oh, so that's all in the Gemara. Remember, we said that that comes to metaltalin, there's no din kadima. And that was halacha gimel. And if someone grabs it, they get to keep it. That's all from the Gemara. Now, we said yesterday that Chacham Masakin after the Gemara, that a person who's owed money gets, gets to get repaid from an estate, even from a Talatlan. So, that a woman who has to have a Ksuba paid and a person lends money get to take from movable property also. And we know that there's no Din when it comes to a Talatlan. 
there's no concept of who, of who borrowed first. Everyone has equal rights. Whatever everybody of your own is There's not enough for both of them. You give the entire If there's anything remaining for the woman to get paid back for Ksuba, she could take it. But if not, again, she gets displaced because there's more of a consideration for the uh, for the for the Balchayv. So everything we said from the Gemara that applies to Karka, that... Um, that that the balchayev takes precedence over the woman uh, applies to metaltlin as far as from the gaonim as far as the as far as the post gemara halacha so to speak. So before the gaonim, if the husband didn't have enough karka and there's only and only he, he so he pays back they take this from the estate we pay the balchayev and the woman doesn't get only let's say whatever is remaining. Ah, there's a gold watch. She's not entitled to metaltlin. Now that the takana is that metaltin is something that, can, that, that you could get used to pay back, so she uses metaltin to get paid back. And again, the same thing applies. Uh, uh, if there's not enough, if there's not enough, for, for, uh, 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 if, if there's not enough karka, you can use metaltin. But if metaltin and karka together is not enough, again, the same thing applies. The balchayv is more entitled. Zion. What if, in, like we said yesterday, in her ksuba, it was written in Chesim Barzal, it says she brought in $12,000 worth of, worth of merchandise, and the husband takes a chayas on it, and that's Chesim Barzal, which means she gets back $12,000 in the event that the marriage dissolves, and, uh, and that's a guaranteed amount. So in the Taina Sha'av, she says, Chesim Barzal got lost, or the husband took them, so, I, so I, I'm, I'm entitled to them. So she wants her Tzim Barzal back, basically. Her $12,000, she writes in Ksuba, as Tzim Barzal, guaranteed return, that's like a regular halva. That's not considered like a Ksuba entitlement. That's halva. She has to make a shvur, like every amona, that she did, not, she did not get them already. The husband didn't give it to her, and she wasn't made to the husband. She's, like she lent the husband $12,000. So she has equal up entitlement to that amount, like the... Lender, Ches. Misha may say, "Give us some pass away." The divorce is wife. Yes, she has multiple wives. Vein shom din kadima. There's no din kadima. For example, he bought the property that he owns after he married all four of them, or however many it is. Vein like a day kolak ksubes, but it's not enough to pay back all the ksubes. Kate and chalukas how they how they divide it. And the rest of the halacha is going to give us a detailed explanation of how this works. But Rayim, we 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 investigate. Im kishi chalak hamomin al minyan hanashim. If you divide it according to the amount of wives, yilab suchah shabehen kadek subas nepaches. The the um, the one whose ksuba is the smallest amount, she'll get exactly that or less. So in other words, you have a few women in the different amounts of the ksuba. The one who is 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 the ksuba is the smallest. Even she's not getting back paid completely, or maybe she's getting back just barely, but only, but not a penny more. The chalak everyone divides evenly, as we'll see the example soon. If it was more than that, that when you divide it evenly among them, and the one who has the least has her amount, and there's some remaining left over. In other words, if you divide it equally among all four women, the one who has the ksuba the least is going to get extra. So then in that case, you don't divide it evenly, obviously, because she's getting too much. You first divide it in a way that the person who has the smallest ksuba gets that amount. And then you divide whatever's remaining in the way you divide the first way. Now we'll see some examples. Kate said, for example. That was vague. Let's see, let's see some numbers. Someone who married four wives. And then, of course, if you said before, he bought them, whatever he has, he, he got after the, he married them, so they all have equal entitlement. The first one's ksuba is 400. The second one's 300. The fourth one is 100. So you have wife number one, two, three, and four, and the ksuba's amounts are 100, 200, 300, 400. 
Ram actually reverses it. The four, he calls the fourth wife the one with 100. But the point is the same. Nim Zakhal Elif, right? 400 plus 300 plus 200 plus 100 is 1,000. The Gerish Kolomimes, and he divorces all of them simultaneously at once, right? They all four make a Shliach to receive the get from him. And he gives the get into the Shliach's hand at once for all four of them, or four get in at once into their, his hand, or he passes away, in which case they all collect at the same time. If he has 400 zuzim or less to his estate, everyone divides equally, because then everyone's getting the exact same amount. And the one who has the least, um, the one who has the least is getting their their just barely, or or less. Each one gets 100 in the end, or less. Now, that's if he left 400. Now, you might ask, well, one second. L'chayra, if he leaves, L'chayra, um, uh, you should divide in a way. No, you should divide in a way that the one who... Um, proportionally. Proportionally, exactly. That's what I'm looking for. The Ram doesn't hold like that. So that's why the, uh, other people do say the Ram holds, like, holds, holds not like that. Um, even those who argue the Ram, I think by Ksuba might agree with the Ram. But by Halva, if it's four debtors, four lenders, this is the Ram Shita for sure. And by, by Ksuba as well. Left, that was at 400, yeah? Now, left his estate last 800. If you divide it equally to everyone, so the fourth wife, who's Ksuba's 100, is going to take 200 Zuz. But Ksuba's only 100 Zuz. So therefore, LK says, what do you do? You take 400 Zuz, and she leaves, and everyone got 100. How much do we have left? We have 400 Zuz and three women. Uh, one of them is still owed 100. One of them is still owed 200. One of them is still owed 300. Each one has 100 Zuz. Now, if we'll take the 400 and divide equally among these three people, so everyone is going to get another 133 and a third. The one whose Ksub is 200 is going to get 200 Zuz plus 33 and a third Zuz. So she's getting 33 and a third Zuz extra. Right? Eating Subas, El Masayim, Subas only 200. The Ficha, therefore, we take from the 400, 300. We take from the remaining 400, 300 Zuz, I mean. The Chalk and Ben divide equally evenly among these three women. Nimse, Shashlish, Natalism, Masayim, Shalav, Hachala, comes out the, board, th- the third woman, whose Ksub is 200, got her 200, and then she left. So we have 1,000 Zuz. Uh, we thought we had, oh, we had right. eight, eight, thank you, eight, 800 Zuz. We gave the one who, whose Ksuba is the smallest 100 and she left. We have 700 left. We gave the one whose Ksuba is 200 or 200. We have uh, 500 left. And uh, we gave 100 to the last two. We have 300 left. So Nisha Kam Meo of Ushte No, one second. I said that wrong. Uh, uh, we're down to 400. Okay. 400? Yeah. Okay, so Nisha Khan Meo Shlisha Ushtin Hashim. So comes out you have a hundred. Nisha Khan Arba Meos, and we're left with three women. I'm sorry, thank you. I I I lost my place. Nisha Khan Arba Meos. The Fichach. Nisha Shmeina Meos. If you desire B'Shavah Nimtza Arbis Nitaz Masayim. Right, that's way back. I said the pastor. I said the pastor. Okay. Nisha Khan Arba Meos. No, and it's in this case. Okay, so the fichach we take from the four hundred three hundred. Oh, I said this already. The cholak and bein shloshim b'shav we divide among the three, them three equally. So the third one took to two hundred and left. Okay, this is what I'm up to. You have a hundred zuz remaining, and you have two women. 
you divide the hundred remaining between the, the between the first and the second wife, whose ksubas were respectively four hundred and three hundred tzuz. The first two women have two hundred and fifty. The, the second one has two hundred. The fourth one has one hundred. This is how you go along. She comes out the one who whose ksubas were hundred got her full hundred. The two hundred got her full two hundred. The three hundred and four hundred ksuba women they only got two fifty. Good. So then, when you start from the lowest and 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 you go up, Tess, a person who makes a uh, who's a order to guarantee the ksuba for the woman. Every chas they do this right. Even they make a kenyan, he's not have to pay. So after the time comes, comes listen. My husband has no estate, so I want you. You you are you the order by the chasana. He says that he doesn't have to pay. Why is she mitzvah? She did a mitzvah. He's just trying to get them to get married. But and the, the woman did not lose anything. Why should the order be any different than a by a So because by a halva, the person lost something. The person is making a guarantee. Listen, you're losing something. I'm backing up that you're not gonna, you you laying out the money. I'm going to make sure you don't suffer a loss. Over here, she's not losing anything. Therefore, she is the day that comes to pay up the ksuba. If he no, can't, no, 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 but what she didn't lay any money out. Huh? She, didn't lay, she didn't lay any money out. The woman doesn't lay any money out by the chasana. We, we, say we established in Zion. We established already before in despair that it's very, oh, that, yeah. that it's very different than somebody that has a lot out of pocket. In the end of Allah Haddad, yeah. That, that has... He's given money and he's not getting it back, so it's a loss out of Sorry, so Vezu Khan wants to come. Tells a woman, I'll pay the Ksuba. I'll pay the Ksuba. If he tells her, I'm going to guarantee the Ksuba. And he pays the Ksuba. I'll pay back the Ksuba. And he chayev, but I'm chayev the Ksuba. And he gets to say, Pater, he's Pater. And he can't have your unless it was the father again, because the Arav is not Mechoyev in. The Arav is just saying it as we make him get married. Hamagar is used to the person divorces his wife. So in a case where a person doesn't have money and the woman's going to talk and collect the money from the kablan or from the father, so if the father was the arif, so he first, she, she first has to make a nether, he has to make a nether that, forbidding her to ever benefit from him again. Why? We're worried he's going to remarry her. They're making a, a on this person's property. So for example, the husband and wife are falling on financial hard times. Let's, let's, let's have an idea. I'll divorce you, go to the Aruv, get 200 zuz, I'll remarry you. So therefore, in order to prevent that, they have, he has to make a net that you can never have enough of me ever again. Um, yeah. They cover all grounds. Right. Yeah, yud. Now the chayrish, you could make that the nether could be you could you could the nether, but but I guess they probably make sure that doesn't happen either. But okay, fine. Yud, yud. Similar situation. The person makdish is a chasim. Then he divorces his wife. He has to first make her make make the husband makes a nether that she can never benefit from him. And afterwards, she can collect from the person who redeems him from Hektish. In other words, when a person is Maktish Karka and he says, This is Hektish based on Mikdash, what happens? Hektish goes and sells it. Someone else buys it. Now, the person who is Maktish, if he owes someone money, that person has the right to go to this guy and says, Listen, you just gave me some Mikdash money for the property. I hate to break this to you, but there's a lien on this property for me. I'm taking it from you. So now, worried. That Mishema Yasik Yun al Hektish, make a Kinyun al Hektish. That maybe after he's Maktish his field, he feels, he regrets it. And he says, you know what? Um, uh, I'll divorce you. The, when, someone, when someone redeems the property of Mekdash, go to him, take it for your ksuba, and then we'll get remarried and we'll have the property and we'll have money as well. So, um, or it's not the money as well, but no, the point is that, is that he, uh, he had the property that he was maxed for Hektish, he wants back. This is how he's getting it back. 
He's going to have someone pay paid it, and then his wife will take it, extract it as payment, and then he'll remarry her. However, that's if a case where... Yeah, fine. Avagar is usually a person divorces his wife. And then the wife comes to extract money from Aksuba from someone who bought this property from the husband some time ago. We don't have the husband. We should say that, oh, make, make her make a nether that uh, make, she should make an that she's not, she can never have benefit from him ever again. So don't get remarried just to take this guy's money. We don't do that. Why? Therefore, she makes a shavua that she's entitled to the ksuba and she takes the money, the property. If she wants, she can get married to her husband. The people who brought this property, they knew there was a lien on it to her ksuba because it's public knowledge. Every star is public knowledge. And she was, and they knew that he was married. They knew that, that the wife is entitled to extract it. It was a risk they chose to take. They, uh, it was a loss they, they caused themselves to suffer by, by buying property, which they knew had a lien on it from the woman, Yudalef. The husband sells his property, and the wife goes to the buyer and says, uh, writes a commitment, a note to him, I'm making a commitment that I have no tightness to you. I'm not going to come to you and t- say this property is, belong- is entitled to me. And the husband agrees to, um, uh, to, to what she did. Or sorry, uh, and she agrees to what the husband did, basically. Even though, even though she makes a kinyin to this person that she commits, that the, she's not going to have any tightness to him, she still could collect the property after he divorces her and passes away for, to, get, to get paid for ksuba. She only did it to prevent the conflict between her and her husband. He's going to say, you know, I saw my chai and my friend chai in the field, and every time he looks at me funny because I tell him he's worried you're going to come and, and, and take the field from him. So to prevent that, she goes and she writes, she does this, this thing with, 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 the, with the, the buyer. You could say, I just did to make my husband happy. If, however, the buyer comes first, the woman says, listen, I want to buy this property from your husband. Do you agree that you're going to write me a commitment that you're never going to take this property from me? And, the, and she does it. And then afterwards, the husband sells in the property. She cannot take it because then she can say, I did to make my husband happy. There was not, not, not a property. Not, 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 there wasn't, wasn't a sale yet. And if, she, and if she's going to say, well, I, I, I knew we'd make a fight after my husband sells it to you, so then don't write it and hope your husband doesn't sell it. And if he does sell it, then, then you could say that you should have written it. You, why, why are we so anxious to write it so early? Obviously, you agreed to it. If the husband sold property, and then tells his wife, write to the purchaser a note that says, I owe you me nothing. And she doesn't write it and she doesn't agree. She says, no, I want, I'm not doing that. Therefore, the, the purchase never happens. The sale doesn't, doesn't, doesn't happen. And the husband goes, you know what? He tries again the next day or next week to sell somebody else. That field or a different field even. And after the husband sold it, she agreed to it. The purchaser is kind of from the woman, a commitment that she has no lien on this property. She's not going to extract it as payment for Aksuba. If she cannot ever extract it, she can't. She can't say that I um, did it to make my husband happy. Because in the beginning, so she didn't want to. She did what the husband wants. So she demonstrates she has the assertiveness to say, "I'm not interested in this. I don't agree to this." When she needs to, so therefore, over here, she did it after she did write it. Does that she talked agreed? Someone had two wives. Then he sold his field. And he, uh, so he has two wives, which means he married one Tavshin Pei and one Tavshin Pei Aleph. And then he sold, then after he married both of them, he sold his property. Um, I'm sorry? 
the um... yeah thank you no, I understand that so so uh, who is kind of the husband or the purchaser I think it's the purchaser so that he she basically was, uh, makes a again is, is kind of for a commitment that she has no the first wife who he married Tafshim Pei that she has no uh, uh, shiva on this property she's not going to extract it from the, from the from the buyer I guess the husband or the or, or the buyer so, uh, she makes such a kinyan it was in a way that she can't say I did it just to make him happy it was actually a genuine commitment that, that that she can't say I just did it to make him happy as we said in the previous halacha and afterwards the husband passes away or divorces both of them the same time. So now what happens? She, the first wife he married in Tav Shimpei committed not to take this property for her ksuba payment. And she, she and the purchaser have no, what's the expression, no beef, right? There's no, uh, no tainas to each other. Hashniya, but the second wife who's entitled to her ksuba, can take it from the lekeach. She didn't agree to anything. But the first wife, whose din precedes the second wife, because she got married earlier, she could say, the second wife, you have property you took for your ksuba, why are you taking property that for the ksuba before me? I, I come before you. Takes it from her. She came first, she got married first. She only agreed not to have a tainas to the purchaser, but to the wife, she has a tainas. When she extracts the property from the from the second wife, the second wife goes to the guy. Um, or uh, so sorry. could say it could go and take it from her from the first wife. She made she made a kenyan not to have anything to do with property that's extracted from him. So if she's taking this property from somebody else who got it from lekeach, lekeach could say, "What's You can't do that. We had, we had a commitment that." That, uh, that 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 you're not going to do that to me. So the chazeras chalilus goes in in, in merry ground. until they all agreed what to split the property in three ways. The truth is, even if it's not three ways, even if two of them agree, let's say the second wife and the first wife agree, you know what? I'm not going to take it from you. The kach's out in the cold. The two people split the property if they're smart. <laughs> if not, they can make a three-way pshara. And, and, and I don't understand why the, why, why the first one can come 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 back to the second. She she fought for it. She, 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 she didn't forfeit a ksuba. She forfeited to this person any tiny tainus. Okay, so basically... So if you are married, if you're the second wife, I'm the first wife, if you have anything from the estate to pay back your ksuba before me, you, now you can't do that. I come before you. But, Only after my cup but, is full, but, then we start filling your cup. But this particular karka which we're talking about, which is the source of income for this ksuba that we're talking about for the both of us, you said... That you're fine with no, that. she didn't say I have no shachs in the car. She said to this guy, I am the tainus to you. To, to, to that lekeach. To that person, not to the car. Oh, okay, to that lekeach. Right. But it's the lekeach that's also ha- ha- has the car now. So the second woman, we say, no, you're entitled to it because the first one said to, said to this lekeach that uh, I have no dinner and dwell with you. So you, then you're going to come back to, 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 to me? Let's say, let, let, could you, remember, after the husband divorces both of them simultaneously, even if he dies, he's chayv, he's, he's his estate's chayv to Lekeach. Lekeach paid 200 for the karka. Yeah. Comes the wife and takes it for ksuba. So you, he comes to the husband or to his yarish and says, listen, you guys owe me money. So it comes out because the, because the second wife took the karka from the, from the Lekeach, the Lekeach now has the right to go back to the estate and collect money. And, and because the... Uh, the yeah, the Kerch paid for this karka, he paid the husband money, yeah. and then now the wife comes and takes it because it was a shibud on so it. Because, because he, he, no, no, the din is if you go back to the person you paid and say, I paid you money for karka, you, you got you borrowed money from last year, you no, took no, it from no, you. No, but, but he should have known that it's mishubud to aksubud. Um, it's mishubud to Correct, that's why they're allowed to take it and, from and, him, but he's still entitled to repayment. 
He's always has to be a payment. Good, good. Let's help us up with issue. Those nine. Those nine. But the deed is not Fine. Good, good. But again, the word is not that she removed herself from rights to this cargo. She removed herself from rights. That this person, that you're not going to lose because of me, I'm not going to demand repayment from you. Not that the karka is not, I'm not entitled to it. If you have any tainus, if you know, I'm not going to have tainus to you. To that, that because of my chayv of ksuba, I'm going to come to you and say that that my chayv preceded well, you. Once the second wife takes it, so to her she has yeah. no commitment. Right, right, exactly. For her, she has no commitment. Exactly. Yeah. Just, just, let's say we're talking about one woman. What, isn't a woman to have a ksuba? To have the star? To, 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 to be owed a ksuba. To be owed a ksuba. Yeah, sure. Correct. But if this is her only income... A ksuba was... Four hundred zuz. And she sold property to each one for a hundred evenly. So she sold three pieces of land that are worth a hundred for a hundred. But the last one she sold it for too little, and it was worth more than the rest of Aksuba. The last one's bottle. The first three are taka taka stand. So even though ultimately in the end she sold property worth 401 zuz for 400 zuz, because it was four different transactions, the first three still stand because they, they, were, they were for the right price. Yudzayin. Has the right to sell a or to give it as a gift. If the husband passes away or divorces her, so she can say to somebody, "Listen, here's a gift, or here's, or I'm selling you something. My is worth two hundred zuz, or let's say it's, it's twenty thousand zuz. Here, give me ten thousand cash. It's a risk on your part. If the event I collect the it goes to you. That count, uh, that, that you can come and take it, and that taka is legitimate uh, agreement. If she dies in their husband's life." Lifetime, or even after he passed away, she passes away. But she passes away in the hospital before she makes a shvua. They're both ninety-nine, or that's one hundred nineteen, and he passes away. Then she wants to take the ksuba before she makes the shvua. She passes away. She's not the ksuba. In that case, in the kum, he loses it because it's a risk. That's a, the risk is if she passes away first, she, he gets nothing. If, she, if, if that's if she passed away first, I'm sorry. If he passes away first, instead of her collecting, this person collects. Or if she gets divorced, this person collects. Okay, yidches. So that could, that could be a legitimate uh, um, a sale, a transaction. If she sold a part of a ksuba, she sold half of it, let's say. Or she gave it, she, she, she said, okay, listen, uh, this is um, my mashkin to this person for the halva I'm giving is that if I don't pay you back with this time, you get half my ksuba. So she gives it as a gift to somebody. Then whatever she is still entitled to the other half, she could sell from her husband's property and collect the rest of it. Whether it's three, a bezin of professionals or just three trustworthy people. In other words, the same thing that applies till now regarding Stalin Karkar to the entire Ksuba also applies to when it's partially Ksuba. Even though we said if she diminishes the Ksuba, it makes all kinds of complications we learned in the previous period. But when she diminishes it because she sold part of it, that's not complicated. She could sell the Ksuba multiple times whether it's in a formal bezin or an arbitration panel. Um, and so she, she could sell not, not, sorry, not to sell, sell the ksuba multiple times she can't sell more than once multiple parts Here, 10% to you 10% to you 10% to you that's, that's all uh, allowed to be done you'd test she's a ksuba 200 zuz she can sell one zuz 200 different people 
Somebody sells the ksuba, whether it's to someone else or to her own husband. That's the lout, right? If she sells the ksuba to her husband, that's allowed. The other term of the ksuba, she does not, she does not lose. She only loses the, the amount that he has to pay her when he divorces her or passes away. But the other Tanayim, he has to provide food and clothing, that is still obligated. If she had a male son, and we said that the, the, the concept of being different is that when the woman passes away first, her male children inherit the estate, connected the Ksuba, and then they divide everything else evenly. This, this amount that she sold to her husband. Um, the, the the child inherits according to this tonight. So, um, why why should that be a tonight not automatic? In other words, even though one second, if she was she doesn't get anything. Even the he has to even even provide food for her. Now we said you're not allowed to do that. He has to divorce her. But the fact is, is that. Is that that, that he's meichel um, um, that the mechil counts? So when she sells the house, listen, the ksuba, my ksuba is two hundred zuz. Give me a hundred zuz cash, and I'm going to sell you the ksuba. So this way, in the event that you divorce me twenty years from now, you don't owe me nothing. So in the event that she passes away first, the her son and, and, and there's two wives. She has a son. Another wife has just a daughter. So the son inherits the whole. Or sorry, um, yeah, the, the other wife has also has a son, but oh, the other two wives involved here. Yeah, let's say. And the other wife, because only one, only one wife, something like, yeah. So the other, the other wife, or the first wife, um, those those boys, their mother's ksuba was only a hundred zuz. So even though he's he's his mother sold the ksuba to the husband, he first takes two hundred zuz from the estate, and those guys take one hundred zuz from the estate, corresponding to their mother's ksuba. He takes two hundred zuz from his mother's ksuba. That's three hundred zuz off the estate. Then he divides everything else evenly among among the three of them. That's concept of being different. So even though she sold to the husband, that still that doesn't reduce that. For some reason, we'll see. We'll see in halacha you take your test. That for some reason that still doesn't that, that doesn't diminish, that doesn't uh, absolve that concept. When someone is meichel the ksuba, there's no key necessary. There's no no necessary. As it applies to any mechila, when I owe you money, I say no. So you owe me money. I'm meichel the chayiv just by saying those words about a kinyan and no one around, just me and you. Mechila happens. You now you owe me nothing. But who provides to you dvarim hadash neisemachlein? Provided it was said in seriousness, not not some as a joke. Well, you they weren't said as a joke and as a, just a, a strange thing to say. It was said with a clear-headed mind. Thank you.